Welcome to the 160th episode of Downtime Podcast. I'm Elisa. Hello, I'm Jeremy. I hope everyone is having a good day so far. As of this recording, it is Easter. So, you know, Easter egg hunting and Animal Crossing or doing whatever rabbit bunny things you need. But aside from myself, I didn't really do much today, Jeremy. I just ate breakfast and I've been watching TV the whole day. Oh, man. Uh, it sounds like we both had a lazy Sunday. I, I typically, <laughs> yeah, I, I typically go out to my aunt's house in Benicia and she invites a bunch of family and friends over and we all do this little like Easter egg hunt since a lot of her friends have kids and, you know, like... My side of the, my dad's side of the family, we're all a little bit grown up now, so Easter egg hunting isn't really uh, something that we partake in, but we do hide all the eggs. And um, as one of the oldest cousins, kind of, do you hide it for kind of like the younger kids or your cousins' kids? Uh, just for the yeah, for the for the younger kids, um, cousins' kids, or like family friends' kids. Um, mm-hmm. As one of the eldest cousins, it is my job to hide the golden egg, <laughs> which has money in it. Ooh. Yeah. Have you ever during Christmas um done this thing where you hide a ornament of a pickle inside of a Christmas tree and whoever finds that pickle you're supposed to get a lot of money out of it. It's it's you know, I want to say it's a tradition I heard comes from Europe, but I also don't I cannot confirm that it's from Europe. This is the first time I've ever heard about that tradition. I I have no idea what that is, but it sounds really cool and it does sound very European in a way. Mhm. That's cool. Um your your family does that on Christmas? Uh we d- we've done that when I was younger, but definitely I um, haven't done that in a while because my aunt's like, you are working now. You don't need money. I'm just like, yes, I do. <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah. As a kid, you're like, I don't want money. I want toys or I want like <laughs> video games or something. And as an adult, you're like, oh, give me the money. Give I'm me the money. Like, yeah. My aunt's <laughs> like, you have a job. I'm like, yeah, so. <laughs> I'm not going to. you going to say no to money? Of course not. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Okay. I'm here to confirm it is a European tradition. It's from Germany. Oh, sweet. That's awesome. Today, I I just, I woke up, I kind of slept really late last night um, because yesterday I spent like eight plus hours building a Murphy bed. Do you know what a Murphy bed is? I don't know what a Murphy bed is, but I feel like I've heard advertisements for it. So a Murphy bed looks like a wardrobe and you pull it out and it reveals a bed. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I got it from Amazon because everywhere else was like a little bit more expensive, but Amazon was selling the same Murphy bed from this one company called B-Star or Bestar. For like a uh, thousand bucks compared to everywhere else, which is like fifteen hundred, so I went with the Amazon route, got the bed. It was super heavy to bring all these boxes up to uh, my apartment, but my brother helped me out. My my wonderful wonderful brother helped me build it yesterday, and uh, to thank him, I bought him lunch today. So I went to bed at like four a.m. Not because we finished building the bed, but because 
we spent so much time doing that that I had to take care of other stuff. Mm. And the whole day yesterday was just committed to building this bed. And then at 4 a.m. I was like, you know what? I just I, I'm, I'm crashing like I got to sleep. Woke up at like 1130 and I was like, OK, I got to go do this podcast at 130 p.m. Hey. Like, and I, I even I, I treated my brother to lunch because, you know, he's he's been so helpful and he's been, you know, not complaining at all about it and very enthusiastic about the process. So yes. I was like, you order whatever you want. He's like, let's just get Korean food. So <gasps> we ate some Korean food today while watching some some reruns of Rick and Morty because the new season's coming out on June 20th. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, that's that's literally what I just finished doing, which was eating lunch. And now I'm here doing this podcast. I haven't eaten lunch yet, but I think it's going to be one of those days where I get boba and get popcorn chicken along with it. Oh, fuck yeah, that's so good. Which, which is always a great day, by the way, when that happens. Oh, yeah. No, that's that's amazing. I I haven't had that combination in like a year and a half, like I swear. Oh, man. So funny enough, that combination has grown exponentially since COVID because that's one of the cheapest things that I can get that I'm that I'm just like that gives me instant gratification. <laughs> I mean, every everything like that is like that's easy to make like fried food yes. is, is so fast to, to come out of the, the fryer that it's it's such a convenience. It's so easy to order. Oh, yeah. Like, I would not be surprised if places that offered fried food or just easy to take out food just rose exponentially because of this pandemic. I know. So I'm very excited to make my Easter all about that. Um, I'm going to continue reconstructing. Can't talk. Reconstructing my island later. Uh, Last night, I slept somewhat i slept at one but it was later than i wanted to sleep because i want no lie i wanted to sleep at like 10 last night i was pretty tired oh but then, yeah yeah um i i'm kind of deep in the weeds now of the final act of ghost of tsushima so i was really into that and then on top of that i started a tv show called ozark yeah. on netflix and nice. i i'm almost done with season one too because i binged that as well very cool yeah and Oh, by the way, Ozark's a really good show. I, I'm liking it so far. Awesome. I know yeah. that the, Jason Bateman's in it, right? Yep. Jason Bateman is in it. Him and um, He is a money launderer, and due to a money laundering situation gone wrong with his partner, he had to escape to the Ozark Mountains, and he went from Chicago to Missouri, Chicago, oh, wow. Illinois, to like the an Ozark town in Missouri and basically just living there and um, trying to clean all the money that he's supposed to, to basically save his life and his family's life. But then throughout the process, as he's cleaning up the money, he's actually building an empire for himself as well in the Ozark mountains. Right. Wow. So, yeah, so it's it's really cool so far. It's three seasons so far, and they're currently film. If they're either filming or finishing up season four, which is the final season of the show. If for anyone who wants to catch up to it, it's gonna only be four seasons long. Oh, okay. I might check that out. It's always been on my queue, but I never had like a chance to watch it because I was always busy watching other shows on Netflix. Yes. This one is a really good one. I watched, um, during the weekday, I watch one episode a day, and then during the weekends, I watch, like, four episodes to catch up or so. Oh. And okay. it's nice. it's really good so far. 
All of the side characters are very fascinating to me. What I like about this show is how complex everyone is, including Jason Bateman's kids. Super complex characters as well. That's awesome. Like, like he has like a ten he has a ten year old and like a seventeen year old on the show. Wow. And it's I, I highly suggest the show. Really good thriller, uh, suspense thriller, action drama, kind of like in that line of of genre. Yeah. And then, and then I start. I'm gonna start at a show today called The Irregulars, which is a spinoff of the whole Sherlock and Holmes type deal. Except it surrounds like a kind of like, yo- like a younger cast and a younger group of people who are like working for them. I think so. I'm gonna mm-hmm. start that show today, and then we'll see how that goes. Okay, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. But yeah. I'm watching tons of TV. Did I ever talk about The Sopranos on this podcast? You may have talked about it, but I don't think you've ever talked about it with me. Okay. I So I started that show like February, actually, and I finished it um, a couple weeks ago. Um, it It is a show about a mob family. For those that don't know, it's an HBO show about uh, a mob family, particularly the lead character Tony Soprano who is the patriarch of the Soprano family not just his own immediate family but also his his mob family as a whole he eventually becomes the boss early on and the entire show is about how he has to deal with being a mob boss while at the same time being a father at home and it takes place in New Jersey with some parts in New York a lot of characters are from the movie Goodfellas because the creator of the Sopranos David Chase he is a huge fan of Goodfellas, and I guess he wanted to recruit a lot of the same actors because okay. you know they they're they fit like that bill of being Italian American and also yes. uh, you know having been in other mob related projects. I think that uh, they they kind of just fit the bill pretty well overall. Um, casting overall was was fantastic. The show is really really good and it's still relevant to this day there's a lot of issues that they talk about in the show that you know still are around today Um, not to mention the mafia is still around today absolutely absolutely and um one thing in particular is that like uh like what was i gonna say the the show kind of started that whole um overarching narrative where you you can't like just jump in the middle of the season and and find Mm. out what's going on like this show kicked off um that whole shoot a tv show like a movie aspect where something like amc's uh breaking bad uh even um brian cranston had come out and said like uh you know there wouldn't be that there wouldn't be breaking bad without the sopranos because the sopranos was just that influential when it came to uh like the the tv spectrum you know like that whole tv uh uh show production quality because it 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 really did change the way that tv was made since the sopranos came out in 1999 and it ended in 2007 so it had a really long run um six seasons technically seven since six was cut into two parts um six a and six b but you know overall they're considered seven seasons total um and it's it's good like i i don't want to go into too much detail because i i think everyone should watch it at some point since it is like the genesis again of like uh movie quality tv shows but 
I binged it because I was so fascinated by all the characters and how deep they are. And, uh, you know, we, the, it goes into religion and how much religion affects the, the mindset of these mobsters. Um, they talk about homosexuality, you talk about drugs, like it's, it's fascinating. And like, it's fascinating how the, this show portrays the mob and their mobs views on certain things. There's even an episode where they talk about how, how, how mob movies and mob TV shows negatively um, depict <laughs> Italian Americans in That's a mob funny. show. It was really meta. And I was like, this is weird, but really cool. If you, just for anyone who's not a U.S. listener, if you Googled or just looked up what are the top 10 or top 5 U.S. TV shows of all time, The Sopranos would be in the top 5, if not many countdowns would consider it number 1. Wow. Yeah. There you go. Like, that that's even proof of it. And... Like, after I watched the show, I was watching a lot of behind-the-scenes interviews and little, like, featurette documentaries. Um, so, for those that don't know, uh, unfortunately, the actor that plays Tony Soprano, James Gandolfini, he passed away in 2013. Um, uh, I didn't from, know he passed away. Yeah, he had a heart attack while he was in Italy promoting wow. some stuff. And he's he's so humble. Like, he's such a humble, cool guy. But on the show, he's so ruthless and he's so calculating. But in in real life, he's just like, yeah, I don't even know why they chose me. I'm just a dude. Like, I don't <laughs> I don't understand. But he's he's really, really talented, I gotta say. Like, if you watch all these interviews before you watch the, the Sopranos, you won't understand what the actors mean when they praise him because everybody, like literally everybody in the show talks very highly of him because he's not just an actor, not just a lead actor as well. He is like He's a good person because he like looks out for everybody. You know how some like lead actors in a show they they you know they let all the power and money get to their head, but for him, like he he like helped other people in the show, like all their actors like get up and he like he kind of had an, uh, an influence on the writing process because he wanted to show how you know um, how he can help how he can use his power as the star character for good, and I thought that was really cool because you don't often see that. And, you know, the show does well after that. But for some reason, like, The Sopranos was so, so popular when it first came out uh, and, and throughout its its entire run. And I had no idea because, you know, my parents didn't watch it and they, they wouldn't let us watch it. We were just kids. Um, and they didn't have HBO because you had to pay for that. So um, I never had a chance to watch it. I've always heard about it. There was even a video game that came out that's apparently terrible. But I, you know, never, never got a chance to watch <laughs> it. Finally did. And got to say... Highly recommended to everybody. If you have HBO Max, check it out. Like it's, it's really good. Yes, I have only seen the first two seasons. I haven't finished the show because I think at that point when I started the series, um, I could not. I started college, and during college, I could not do some things to retrieve the to retrieve that tv show because i was using the college internet (laughs) so i haven't been able to restart that yet but um it's on my list to finish the series at some point yeah please do man yeah it's good it's yeah I, i completely agree it's very good show yeah man like you know i was on this whole like 
like mafia kick after I finished it. I even like convinced some friends to watch all the Godfather movies and Goodfellas, just <laughs> just to just to like talk about it after. And I think, nice, yeah, because a lot of the same themes are in those movies. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, fantastic movies. Like it's interesting that these movies about crime, TV shows and movies about crime, like do really well. <laughs> it's like they always do well. Yeah, I love me. I love me a good crime story yeah me too like of course we would never do things like that that's why we live vicariously through these tv shows <laughs> very true now what i heard is david chase the creator of the sopranos so james gandolfini's son became an actor and he's going to use him for a different mafia tv show so he's creating a new mafia tv show i don't know what the name is but he's going to star James Gandolfini's son in it. There's also a movie coming out that is a prequel to The Sopranos called The Many Saints of Newark, and it's going to be on HBO Max later this year. It stars uh, James Gandolfini's son, Michael, as a younger version of Tony Soprano, which I thought was really cool. Oh. Yeah. It's also produced That's really by David interesting. Chase. Yeah, yeah. It's super interesting. And, uh, I wonder if we're talking about the same thing. Yeah, I, I haven't heard about the show that you're mentioning, but I do know that the movie is coming out later this year because there's Maybe, like a small preview. I didn't know much detail about it except for um, just knowing that he's using his son. So maybe we are talking about the same thing. Possibility, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised, but like the fact that he's using his son as in a show or movie and as a younger version of Tony Soprano in the movie, like I think that is really cool and speaks volumes of like not just continuity, but like showing how much James Gandolfini still had an influence on the creator of the show and, yes. and the show overall, because the fact that they're using his son, who I'm sure, I don't even know if the son was the first pick, but I'm sure they did a lot of like like casting tests and the son just came out as like the, the winner because not just, not just because of his relationship with the show, but also just because... He's probably a talented kid, and I can't wait to see him be Tony, a young Tony Soprano when the movie comes out. Uh, a couple days ago, I, I ordered a game on Amazon. And so a couple podcasts ago, I talked about how I got a PS3. Um, well, before, I never really had any interest in getting other games for the PS3. I didn't even know. I, I didn't. Even, it didn't even cross my mind that Yakuza Dead Souls should be a game I should pick up. But um, you know, once once I got it, and I had that whole thing where I, you know, the PS3 was was not from the US, and there was controller issues. But the one game I always wanted to get on PS3 was actually Initial D. I think it's called Third Stage, hmm. um, Arcade Stage, something like that, uh, and. I got it on Amazon because I was shopping around on eBay to see how much it cost. And Amazon was actually cheaper to buy it brand new. And I was like, all right, let's do this. So I bought it, waited a couple days. It came. I picked up the envelope from my front door and it was empty. I was like, what the hell? (laughs) Why was I given an empty envelope? Didn't make any sense. It was really weird. Uh, so I reached out to Amazon. They gave me a replacement. And as of the recording of this podcast, it should be arriving sometime today. Um, uh, and oh, so it wasn't a third party know, you got it from. Yeah, I, I'm assuming maybe it either fell out or the third party just never put it in there or some someone forgot or something. But uh, for those that don't know, Initial D is 
a manga and an anime and a movie series and a live action movie series about a racer named Takumi Fujiwara and uh, how he races his dad's tofu shop car, which is a Toyota AE86 around the mountains and eventually gets like caught up in some like street racing stuff. And it's a lot of fun. And all the games are just racing games with drifting. That's all. And that's all I want to play. It's so simple. And it's fun. And it's based on the arcade games that everyone kind of like knew about when we were all younger. And you'd go to an arcade. You'd see the initial D. Spend all logo. your allowance and money on initial D as well. Right? Because I totally did that one point. And yep. uh, now... I know many people have done that. <laughs> yep. And, you know, now I, I can... I own the game. And I don't have to spend my money anymore. I just spent forty bucks, and now I can play. I can play it as much as I want. Yes, which is great, man. Uh, so that that was an experience. Uh, luckily, Amazon has a really good return slash refund policy. So if you're ever trying to buy something from there, you know, just uh, just reach out to Amazon, and they'll definitely help you. I'm surprised. Um, I'm surprised that it worked out. Um, I would have, I would have assumed that if my, if the envelope was empty, that the person ripped you off. Yeah. I was, especially I, because it was such a, that's such an obvious thing as I know, well, but right? maybe, although to give them the benefit of the doubt, if they really ripped you off, what they would do is they would put the game in, but the disc would not be initial D. So maybe they actually did ju- or it did fall off during manufacturing. That's what I'm thinking too. I think it just in transit to me, it might have just mm-hmm. like fell out somewhere, and I'm just like, okay, yes. they didn't seal the envelope properly or something because it was completely open, and I was like, what the heck? It's weird. Um, but yeah, so damn. Okay, well, my arms are so sore right now because of yesterday. Like just eight hours working on this bed. Oh, I, I sound so tired. I know that. I thought and, and what my... you were going to say is, man, <laughs> my arms are so tired because I was driving an initial D, but I was like, wait, no, you didn't even get it yet. Just, it's just because <laughs> yeah. we were talking about it. I was like, wait, yeah, what? I know. Weird tangent. I just, I'm just, I'm thinking because like I was sitting up in my chair and I was trying to like push myself back up and I was like, oh man, my arms hurt so much. Uh well, it's like, I guess it's a good sore, you know, in a way it was kind of a workout to be able to like stand and like drill things and, and build something. And it was very, it felt very productive to do that. Yes. It's like, you know, building IKEA furniture for a day, which is, it could be fun, could be rewarding. And, and at the end of it, you get something really cool you could look at. Yes. Um, but, you know, I speaking of like sore arms... Um, COVID vaccines, they're going to be rolling out. We mentioned that in the last podcast and Lisa and I are, are waiting to get ours still. If all works out, we will be vaccinated at least by June. Right. And Elisa, it, you've been refreshing your page over and over all again. You, all you got to do is refresh. I'm just refreshing until I get an appointment after April 15th. Yeah. I, I heard people are, are reacting more to the Moderna vaccine, so I kind of want the Pfizer one. I'm one of those people where I will take whatever vaccine I can get, but I, but I definitely prefer the Pfizer one. Also, it's faster to get the... In terms of the turnaround between dose one and dose two. Mm-hmm. 
it's quicker it's a quicker time to just get your to get your second shot whereas with moderna you gotta wait a little longer for it right and the thing about the johnson and johnson one is that even though it's one shot i heard that it's still not as effective as say pfizer or moderna yeah um we'll really know for sure down the line when a year's passed of everyone being vaccinated but from what i heard is that john and johnson and johnson's efficacy you may get covid it's just that covid will be more like a cold or very or very mild it's like mm. you're not it's like it's gonna prevent it it'll prevent you from getting a super terrible type of covid you'll just get a covid that's like a cold whereas uh. pfizer and moderna might it has a higher chance of you won't get covid at all yeah, I I would go for those. <laughs> yeah, I'll be, I'll be real. Like, uh, like it sounds cool just getting one dose and just leaving and not having to go back for a second one. But you know, there's always that. There's always that. Like, uh, what is it called? There's always that that compromise that you have to settle for. It's the reason why they want to give majority of the Johnson and Johnsons to kids and to younger people because the reasoning is all right younger people they're gonna go to school and they're gonna be exposed to people all the time and they're gonna get sick but if but they're healthy enough to deal with covid and if they just have johnson and johnson if they get covid it's just gonna be a cold right exactly um speaking of covid i uh I talked about that wedding I went to last podcast, and yes. I, I, I got a COVID test this past Monday, got the results on Wednesday, can confirm negative, which is really Congratulations. good. Thank you. But so there's something else I want to talk about in regards to this. Um, I I walked to the test because it wasn't far away from me. It was at a, a testing center that was pretty close. Uh, not close like, you know a couple blocks down, but close like a mile and a half away. So it was a good walk, you know, all the way there, all the way back was about three miles. But I got to say, I kind of felt weird walking around and I didn't feel safe walking around my neighborhood, despite being majority Asian. And as an Asian American myself, like there was always that lingering feeling of something might happen to me because the streets were so empty. I was just kind of scared, like something might happen. So this is leading into kind of, you know, some deeper stuff and I don't want to talk too much about it, but like, you know, there's a lot of stuff going around the world right now, anti-Asian um, distaste, hate, if you will, about, uh, you know, just the whole virus and and Asians getting, uh, getting a lot more hate than normal, um, I would say, or at least like um, there's more attention being brought to it and it's it sucks and it's stupid. And people need to fucking chill because, I don't know, it's just, a lot of it doesn't make sense to me, but I'll, some of it does, and I, I still get confused by it, and it makes me so angry. Yeah, I've been pretty conscious now ever since more cases have been publicized. Uh, the one thing I really want to emphasize is that the cases have always been here, it's just that they're now in the public eye and there's an uptick in them because they've been broadcasting them more. Right. And 
It, it, you know, I, at the end of the day, what a lot of it boils down to is a lot of people feel very powerful because our government and our police don't do anything about it. Just like Black Lives Matter. Uh, you know, a lot of people are getting away with this or a lot of people are just getting arrested and just like being let go. And there's even mm-hmm. there's even a whole um, there's a whole uh, I forgot the term, but they want to change a rule in california um that defines what a petty theft means which means that mugging someone can be considered petty theft and then if that happens then if you mug and physically hurt someone then you can get basically off scotch free i thought that mugging already was petty theft i think it i think that if I think that if someone's, they want to change it as well so that if you're physically hurt by it, then it still counts as petty theft. Oh, I see. Yeah, which means that you can get away with more. So there's a lot of things on the inside that need to change that will help all marginalized people in the United States. Um, I hate the fact that I have to be, see now, I hate that we all kind of have to be more conscious of like, oh God, like I don't like living my life in fear. Yeah. And the thing that sucks, especially in the Bay Area, is that we live in the Bay Area, which is a pretty diverse area. And sure, there's a lot of there, there's still like racism and discrimination that'll happen. But in general, a lot of group, a lot, a lot of the groups ha- here have been able to like live pretty, you know, well together for so long. And then all of a sudden mm. we have a government that incites all kinds of feelings and unsavory beliefs and they're just flat out racist sexist ignorant you know homophobic whatever right transphobic so this is unfortunately just the the life that we all got to deal with right now it's just all of the people who are totally ignorant are very enabled right now yeah yeah exactly there's a lot of people who are just outright terrible and for dealing with them, the government needs to step up. Yeah, I agree. Because it's, there's nothing that us citizens can do, you know? Like, I was even thinking, what if there's, what if some person in the Bay Area, some rich person decided to become a Batman figure and just start protecting people? Like, it would be weird, but at the same time, I'd be like, okay, that that just means the police aren't doing enough, you know? Yeah. The fact that there has to be local watches mean that the police aren't doing their job. Yeah. And you, and then you have to see why are the police not doing their job? Is it because they're not being paid properly or is it because there's just something on the inside going on? But right. yeah, it's just it's just a little frustrating, but um it is unfortunate the world that we kind of like live in right now and hopefully things will get better for yeah. all marginalized groups. I did notice that there were more police cars in my area, so uh, that's that's kind of a good sign, I think. Yeah. But in yeah. Ge- in in general, I feel like way back police did more patrol. And mm-hmm. but when pol- but then another thing is when police did patrol, I was like, oh okay, police are doing patrol. I feel pretty safe, or you know, I should be fine. Now when I see police patrolling, I'm like, okay. I wonder what they're doing here. Hmm. Like, yeah, I, exactly. <laughs> I don't even trust police that much anymore, which is unfortunate because it's yeah. their jobs to protect us. But this is what we've come to. It's like, what are you really doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I just hope that the feelings change soon. How's Ghost of Tsushima? How's that going? Uh, Ghost of Tsushima is going well. I am in the final act right now. Um, There's a lot of substantial story updates that uh, we will definitely talk about in a spoiler cast. But some of these, some of these characters, man, they there's a lot of things going on with their lives and that connect back to you, your character, or Jin's dad. And I'm looking forward to the conclusion of all this. I like I think I'm like it's one of those things where if I really wanted to I could finish it tonight. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, like at this point, if I if I really wanted, I could finish Ghost of Tsushima. And maybe I will, but most likely I won't. Probably I'll finish it on what I'll finish the main storyline mostly by Wednesday, and then just finish the side quests for and the side stories for the rest of the trip. Um, the one I guess major thing that happened in terms of techniques and battle between Act Two and Act and the final act is I now mm. have a pipe that can shoot poison at different people and it's become my favorite ghost weapon because i love shooting the poison that confuses enemies and they all beat each other up it is so clutch it is one of the great it is one of the best ghost items that you could use weapons that you could use in this game for sure i love it I like how before I'd be like, okay, I, you'd use your like, little senses to find out where the big guys were. And I was like, okay, I need to get those guys last. But now I'm like, okay, where are the big guys? I wanna, I'm going to shoot them with this dart and I see know. what they do. <laughs> exactly. It's like back then, um, I, I was happy when I unlocked um, shooting the kunais like four in a row. <laughs> at mm-hmm. different people but now that now what i can do is i see a group of people i can just shoot one single confusion poison and they're all attacking each other it's fantastic what's Though, awesome too is that it works on generals so they'll yes i know yeah. oh my god so cool my one my one wish is that i could have more in my inventory it's my only wish but yeah. i've been using it strategically and um oh i finished all of the musician missions and i feel super accomplished doing that and nice um i've upgraded my travel attire so hopefully i can finally unlock some of these collectible trophies soon i feel like for each category of trophy that is a collectible i feel like i'm like two away at this point from oh. like reading from reading the threshold that you have to to get the yeah. trophy and thank yeah. god you don't have to collect all of the artifacts to get that trophy I'm so happy that this game was reasonable. <laughs> I I know, right? Like, like I, I kept saying that this game is so easy to platinum, and I'm so happy it is because it's such a good game. You know? I know. It's so fantastic. This is such a great game. I think I said this already. This game's way better than The Last of Us 2. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 So I'm very happy to f- f- complete this game this week. And I'm so glad I have a new TV to complete it. Oh, I'm so, I, I, I was looking at your pictures on Instagram and I was like, that TV looks fucking beautiful. Like, it looks so nice. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Love my new TV. The color's and, great. 
Yeah. And I'm excited for you to finish the game too, because we can finally talk about it and talk about how much we love it and then spoil everything. Yay. I know. There's a lot. Uh, like I said, there is a lot of characters that we need to talk about because damn, their, their stories got super spicy. Yes. I, I like how I like how everybody um, has something going on, you know, like no, no, everyone's not one sided. Everyone has like, uh, you know, everyone's complicated. Let's put it that way. Yeah. The Yuriko storyline her tail was complicated as fuck. Oh mm-hmm. my god. <laughs> mm-hmm. When you're when I'm playing this, I just felt so much sadness. I'm just like, damn. But like not as much sadness as when you played The Last of Us Part 2. Oh, definitely not. <laughs> That's like depressing sadness. This one yeah. is just like, oh, I, I can sympathize with you, you know? Yeah. Well, the thing about The Last of Us 2 is that depressingness is like, God, the end of the world sucks. Where this one is just like, ah, oh, life is so fleeting. <laughs> type <Right>. of sadness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think that's just the nature of the game because Ghost of Tsushima also has a lot of positive vibes. And I mentioned this before, but you feel like you're accomplishing a lot. You're a hero. You're like saving things. You're saving Tsushima, you know, and you, you're fighting back. And it feels like you're fighting back because you see progress. So yes. that's where I think this game, like, does what well, this is what I think it does well, and I'll talk about this more on our spoiler cast. But like, yeah, I I, I do think this is such a beautiful and fantastic game. Yeah, uh, this this is well well worth the wait. Yeah, like you could play it next year if you wanted to for the first time. Anyone listening, and you will be so amazed. It doesn't matter like when nope. you play the game, but once you play the game, you're gonna be like. Where has this been my whole life? Because it's so beautiful. Everything you, about it is amazing. You could play it 10 years from now. It'll probably still be fine. It'll hold up, like, for yes. sure. This oh game will gosh. for sure hold up. Yeah. The um, other game that I'm playing today is, or this week, was I started Persona 5 Strikers. And Persona 5 Strikers is a spinoff of the Persona 5 game. And... It's published by Atlas, but it's developed by Omega Force and P Studios. And Omega Force was a studio that works on Dynasty Warriors. So they actually describe the game as it's basically Persona 5 and Dynasty Warriors combined. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with the whole active battle system. Um, The premise of the game is that you and uh, the the protagonist and just his crew, uh, like the Phantom Thieves gang... Um, in Persona 5, they're all, you know, in school. In this game, they're all in college now. And you all come back from college, from summer vacation, and the whole premise is you're going on a summer vacation and you're taking a camper with you. Wow, (laughs) how American. (laughs) I know, it's it's just like, I I love, I love it. Um, that being said, there's one, I think, Futaba, who's the daughter of uh, Sojiro, the the cafe owner of for, of LeBlanc. I actually I don't know if she's in college, but, but she was she was super smart. Like her character was supposed to be a genius, so she may have skipped some grades, or maybe she is actually the same age as her crew. I don't know. Okay. Um. But but yeah. Um. You come back. You come back from for summer vacation, and of course you can't properly go on summer vacation because trouble is afoot. <laughs> Just like any other Persona game. Um, 
But yeah, so um, your main character gets sucked into the whole Persona world. And it, now the way that it plays in this game is a little different. So in Persona 4, uh, the Persona world is called a dungeon. And then in Persona 5, the Persona world is called a palace. And then what this usually is, is it's a person's world that's on the in- that's kind of in the shadows on the inside so it's like you see a person and who they are on the outside but they also have a person who they are on the inside and for some people that mm. inside is like really dark so like the point of the persona 5 is you're you want to steal their heart and change their heart so that it, on the inside which is what their palace was so that you know you can um you know change who they are and they can hopefully become good people after they leave jail so yeah so that's so that's the whole premise of persona is that you're going inside a person's world and you're trying to change who they are now in this game in strikers the other person's world is called jail (laughs) so it's a much more negative connotation compared to, say, palace or... I mean, dungeon has a pretty negative connotation, too. But, yeah, this is just straight up, like, jail. And then this game wow. also... Um, this game also uh, introduces kind of two plot points that are different from Persona 5. So the first one, aside from jail, is that um, there's something called desire, which you, do- as a character, don't know yet. At least I'm not far enough to know exactly what desire is, but I mean, my guess is that on the inside in a person's jail, that person is able to manipulate pe- and control people's desires of what they want. So, oh, wow. haven't full haven't fully fleshed out like how the hows and the whys, but that's what I'm assuming it is. And then the other plot point that's different in Strikers is that you have a smartphone, and your smartphone is named Emma. And on top of that, in the smartphone, you have an AI named Sophie. So those are just two things that are introduced of that are related to the story that we'll definitely see how that turns out later in the game. Wow. Um, yeah. Um, in my opinion, I think the, one, I think the AI is going to turn on you, but we don't know that yet. Remains um, yet to be seen, yeah. Rem- yeah, remains yet to be seen. So the first character who we're investigating is a J-pop idol, and her name's Alice. And um, so pretty much what you see in the regular world is that she is she has a lot of fanboys, and fanboys that are super obsessed with her and spending all of their money on her. Now, what happens is in her jail, you see a lot of the fanboys... like inside of that jail and you're you know which is what's gonna happen next like is she is she affecting all of these people we don't know yet so that's that's a premise of what the first eight hours of the game is um there's a lot of exposition yeah there's a lot of exposition like any other persona game nothing new uh but in terms of the active battle system um yeah, there's they implement a lot of persona aspects into it. So, they've integrated using a persona, switching between characters, shooting your gun, all like all these different things. But I'm not going to lie, I've mostly been button mashing, 
when I've been battling people because but you can just button mash with like square and triangle and I haven't gotten the full grasp of really how to efficiently battle yet um because it's really it's really intense they throw 20 or 30 shadows at you at once and you just have wow. to battle which I'm pretty sure is like a whole dynasty thing but mm-hmm. um yeah it, it it's like it's a it's a lot to grasp and they give you a lot of they introduce a lot of controls at once which I feel like is easier to understand if say you were fighting like four or five enemies at a time but in a lot mm. of these cases you're fighting straight up like plus 15 people or shadows and enemies and some of them even respawn in the battle so it's a little difficult so that's why I've been button mashing a lot but I'm getting the hang of it ish hope hopefully i'll have a better grasp of using the persona soon it's just it's so fast-paced i need it i need it to slow down by like a second yeah yeah the one sure. yeah the one huge thing about this game that i think is a, is a positive is and a part of it has to do with the fact that the game takes place during your summer vacation so there's not as many calendar days is that you and your gang you can leave at any jail's checkpoint. So in the game, when you reach a checkpoint, that's when you leave. You can like go back to the between like the regular and the persona world. But usually, what happens is when you leave one or the other, and when you leave the persona world, like that ends it for the day. Because the point of persona is usually you have a set amount of days to defeat evil. So in persona, mm-hmm. like in like a regular Persona Five game, it's like you have nineteen days to defeat the enemy, and so if you leave the Persona world, then it like goes to the next day, and you lose a day. Whereas in this game, at a checkpoint, you can go in and out at the same day if you want. So in theory, you could like I mean, ju- it's just because I had like when I've saved it, I haven't even gone to the next day yet. But it like you can go in and out of the day or sorry you can go in and out of the world on the same day oh wow yeah so i do like that aspect um i think it's taking way longer to get to checkpoints though you know you know that feeling when you don't have an autosave game and you're just trying to or you have an autosave game but it's like a little slow and you're just like all right i'm gonna play for an hour and then that's it but then it just goes on and you can't even find the save point and you're just like, I got shit to do. Yeah. And you just have to you just have to get, like keep like resting your PlayStation and just whatever. Um, just because you can't completely exit out yet. That's how I felt like trying to find the first checkpoint of this game. But I'm getting the hang of it. Um I let's see. I think that's all I have to say about Persona 5 for now. Um, I I think that the active battle system's pretty hard. Or it's easy, but it's also hard if you're trying to really embrace all of the aspects of it. Right. Uh, that's how I feel about Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, which is also made by Omega Force. And mm-hmm. by the way, I think Omega Force has been killing it. Like I know people give them shit for like making dynasty warriors and it's basically the same game over and over again which you know to a certain extent it is but it also isn't um 
but with Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, I gotta say, it looks and feels, well not feels technically, but like it looks and sounds just like Breath of the Wild. Like they use all the same assets um, and it it just feels like part of that Breath of the Wild universe. Mm. Um, it's it's really cool. And yes. yeah, they're, I feel like they're killing it because they do such a good job of making making the game of that franchise feel like it's part of it. Like with Persona 5 Strikers, I'm sure that they 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 made it look and feel like Persona 5 or like at least part of the the main yeah. series, right? Totally. When I play this game, I would have never I would have never suspected that it was made by a different developer until you look it up yourself. Exactly. That's how Age of Calamity feels too. It's like it looks like Nintendo made it, but then you look deeper like actually this is just Dynasty Warriors. And on top of that, uh, they have a combo system, much like I'm assuming Persona 5 does, uh, Persona 5 Strikers does, where I just press, like, X and Y over and over again, but then yes. there's certain button presses that you could do, like XXXY or XYXX or something, and then that'll make a better combo. Man, I don't remember that shit. I just press X and Y. I just want to beat up dudes and get on with the story, you know? Like, <laughs> like They definitely fun, but... show the combos, but half the time, I don't even know if I'm doing the combos, because I'm just like, there's too many people. There's too many shadows. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's just way need to kill them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's so, there's so much, it's like, there's so many enemies on the screen, you're just like... I just need to get through this. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, no, I feel you there. I feel you there. I I want to play Persona Five, and then I I it sounds like Strikers is up my my up my alley because I love the Dynasty Warriors games, especially mm. Dynasty Warriors Four. So, um, you know, Age of Calamity is also really really dope, and I encourage you to play that once you finish Breath of the Wild, Elisa. For sure. Um, and yeah, I'll check out Persona Five Strikers. Um, I'm waiting for the next sale so that. You know, a Persona 5 goes on sale, and then I'll be like, all right, let's do this. Yes. Uh, yeah, and um, on my That's end... That's all I'm playing. Yeah, sweet. Thank you. Um, on my end, I got a few games I'm playing. Um, the first one is Home Sweet Home Survive, which is made by a Thai developer called Yggdrasil Group. This came out on February 8th of this year, and it's basically... I hate to say it, but it's a DBD clone. There's one killer, four survivors. Um, the only difference with this one is that uh, the mechanics and um, objectives are a little bit different. So instead of generators, you have these rituals that you have to find items for and then pray to the rituals. Um, oh. Yeah, it's pretty scary too because unlike Dead by Daylight, there's no terror radius. So you don't know when the killer is coming to you. Mind you, in Dead by Daylight, there are certain characters that can hide their terror radius using certain um, skills that they have. But in this game, none of the none of the killers, they're called specters um, in, in Home Sweet Home Survive. Um, none of the specters have uh, uh, any skills that allow you to um, hide the terror or, or activate the terror radius. Like it, it, Imagine like working on something in a game in a third person game but you can't look around you you can only look to your left and right so the yes. the specter can appear right behind you and a loud noise will like be heard and then um then they attack you and and then you're dead because you you can't do anything however you can fight back you can set traps to hinder the the specter from coming forward and you can actually kill the specter if all of us team up if we all get got weapons and and teamed up against the specter we can all we can like take them out. The more damage is done, the more damaged um, 
capabilities can be done by uh, doing and completing all the rituals. Um, completing most of the rituals will increase the damage the players can do to the, the specter. And then finishing all the rituals will allow a portal to open up and then the uh, survivors can escape. Um, it's very frustrating as a game. It's still early access. So I I had a hard time playing the game. Not going to lie. Uh, it, it just I kept thinking of Dead by Daylight the whole time and I wished that um, there were a little bit more things done to the game to improve it. And I know that they will come in time. But I don't know. It's... It's fun, but it's just incredibly frustrating, and I want to get better at the game, too. Um, so, we'll see what happens there. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, it's funny. There's there's a really funny thing that happens after you finish the match. When everyone's at, like, the post-game screen, it just starts playing some, like, heavy trap music that sounds, like, kind of horror-inspired. Oh, <laughs> it's, boy. It's, yeah, it just comes out of nowhere because the main menu music and, and the in-game music, you know, they sound pretty creepy for, like, a, a, a survival horror game. And then you go to the end end game screen and it's just trap music. It's so funny. <laughs> and I, I, uh. we, we kept making fun of it. And I every time it happened, I would just, like, do, like, a, a fake rap over it. It's like, hey, 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 you know, just stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> just... I hate this so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i knew you would hate it, god. I knew it. <laughs> get me out of here already <laughs> all right so the next the other game that i'm playing is also horror related yakuza dead souls it is a yes. better game as far as as far as feeling like i'm accomplishing good to know. something good goes to know. yeah uh, real um, quick what i did want to say about home sweet home is i've actually seen someone play it before nice. and anything that implements some sort of cultural myth or deity is guaranteed to be a really scary game. Yeah. Be- Especially that's- like Thai yeah. horror is so scary. Yes. And Thai people can like Thai and Taiwanese, Japanese and Korean um, movies, especially horror movies are some of the scariest things I've ever seen in my entire life. So Same. when they implement it in games where you have to interact and play with it, it's a guaranteed nope for me. If uh, if anyone listening likes horror movies, I recommend Shudder, which is a Thai horror movie. It's about a photographer that um, whenever he takes a photo, there's a dead girl somewhere in the photo, like a ghost yes, of a dead girl. That's it's a good so one. Sc- yeah, it's it's a it's probably my favorite Thai horror movie. Mm-hmm. It's really good. I recommend it. And I hate horror movies, but this one, it it captured me. I gotta say, it was really good. I liked yes. it a lot. Um, so the other the other um horror-ish game that I'm playing is Yakuza Dead Souls. I finished uh, the part where you play as Akiyama, and I'm now uh, Majima. And, you know, the the crazy mad dog of Shimano that he is, he takes this zombie apocalypse in stride, and he's more than prepared and more than willing (laughs) to go in. Um, so a little funny detail that's not. I wouldn't expect anything less. I I know, right? So a little funny, a little funny detail that is not spoiler related at all is when um when you first play as Majima, there's a cutscene that happens and he's watching a zombie movie because of course he is, right? And he's laughing yes. and he's like, "This is awesome!" And then <laughs> some guy comes in, he's like, "Boss, boss, the, you won't believe what's happening outside." And Majima's like, "What?" And then he and then some zombies pop up. 
inside of his room and he looks at the TV, he looks at the zombies, he turns back to the TV, looks at the zombies, whips out this giant shotgun. He's like, this is the best day ever. Like something along those lines. <laughs> and then it just cuts to you playing as him and you just blast all these zombies away. And so <laughs> there's even a scene where uh, everyone's escaping from the zombies and the yes. police are like, what are you doing? You're an idiot. Like, why are you running that way? Like, you're not supposed to do that. And Majima's running right at the zombies, like shotgun ready to go. And I'm like, of course he would. <laughs> of course he would do that. <laughs> God. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun so far. But again, my only complaint, and I already said this before in a previous podcast, but I'm going to say it again, is that the... Uh, the controls are really clunky because you're essentially just taking a Yakuza game and, and focusing all the combat to guns. It's annoying. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm still learning it and I'm still trying to get used to it. And it's okay because I'm having fun playing the game. I, I'm loving the story so far. It is so, so campy. It is so Yakuza, but it is also like extremely, extremely funny. Um, if you just think about it, like, oh, there's a disease happening of that turns people into zombies. What's happening with the disease? I don't know. Some shady corporation is probably behind it. You know, it's like they're taking all these cues from horror movies and like Resident Evil and stuff like that. And they're just spinning it to make it their own. So yes, uh, the way I think of it is Resident Evil with Yakuza characters. And I'm all here for it because I think that concept is so cool. Man, one day I will check it out. Yeah, no rush. If you ever get a chance, definitely check it out. But, um, you know, with the PlayStation 3 store closing, this will be the last time you'll be able to buy it digitally. Cause it is, I already it, have it, it digitally, actually. I just oh. haven't played it yet. Okay, that's perfect. Then you don't yes. need to worry about anything because you already have it. Yes. Um, yeah, that whole, thing's, um, that whole thing is unfortunate that... They're shutting it down, but um, definitely for anyone, like, there's so many games that y- you just gotta buy, even if you don't know when you're gonna play it, like, there's a lot of games you just gotta buy, because I don't trust PlayStation, especially, to put half of these things on their PlayStation store for f- 4 and 5. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's why it's also good to have a physical copy of the disc. Just so that, you know, if once the store does go away, you'll be able to just play it still without having to worry about downloading it. But if you do have it downloaded, Sony did say you could still um, download the game when the store goes away. Oh, I get it. Okay, sorry. I was I was I was like, wait, what do you mean by that? But I I get it. So it's like if you haven't downloaded it to your hard drive yet, like it'll still remain on your account. Even if the store goes away. Correct. Correct. Got it. It's it's the same concept with Steam. So let's say you mm-hmm, buy yeah. a game on Steam. Yeah. And then, you know, they take it away. But then it's still in your library. And you can still For press sure. download. Yeah. Because I have a few games that are not on the library anymore. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, yeah. And the final game that I have been playing-ish, which actually ends today in three hours, is called Knockout City. It's a beta and um, it's basically just uh, dodgeball, but like, I don't know, like a cartoony, fun, multiplayer dodgeball game. Um, it's like a team deathmatch kind of game where uh, you have teams of three, so six players total, 
and you face each other and you throw dodgeballs at each other. Like there's some special balls, like a sniper ball that looks like a football. There's a bomb ball that is uh, kind of cool. Uh, and there's a police ball that puts you in a cage. But my favorite ball is yourself because you can turn into a ball and then you can your another player can take you and charge you up and you turn into this huge like bomb and you can like kill a lot of people at once, which is awesome. Oh, that's exciting. That that actually sounds pretty cool for a multiplayer. Yeah, it's it's pretty neat. I gotta say, it's a lot of fun. Um, it's so the beta started at six o'clock a.m. on Friday Pacific time, and it's ending six o'clock p.m. today Sunday as of the recording of this podcast. So hopefully people started playing it. I I'm liking it, but there are some people that have been playing this game since six o'clock a.m. on Friday. So. I, oh, I am boy. <laughs> trash compared. Like you could tell who they are because they have all the special <laughs> emotes. They have the special costumes, and then you know there's little old me with my stock outfit, and I'm like, yeah, hey, I'm gonna get wrecked. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Exactly. I you know I, I'm I'm proud of that. But like I don't know. It's just frustrating when you're playing against people like that because there's no ranking system. You can't tell who's good or not, and because this is just a beta, right? And they don't really care about that. But I don't know. Like I'm having fun still playing the game because i'm still learning it and i might i might get it when it finally comes out because it looks like a lot of fun and i think um i can i can see myself continuing to play this game awesome that actually sounds really fun um especially the aspect of dodgeball and just sounds like a super fun summer game when when's it gonna come out officially then I'm assuming later this year because the beta seems really polished. It seems maybe like it it's is very a summer close. game. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, maybe E3 they'll say something. We'll see. Um, all right. So Netflix's The Witcher season two is wrapped, which is awesome. Looking forward to that. Did you watch the first season? I haven't seen the first season yet. I did, and I liked it a lot. Yeah, I, I eventually I will check it out. It's on it's on my watch list. Yeah. Um I'm going to play the game soon because I think um you know, I think that's going to be the next step, but it is a long game because there's a lot of stuff that you can do in it and I don't know if I want to start it soon because it's going to take up a lot of my time and I I want to finish other games. You know, I want to finish Yakuza Dead Souls. Oh yeah. So I need yeah. to prioritize stuff. If you start The Witcher, that's like a two-month commitment. Uh, maybe even a three- or four-month commitment. Yeah, I don't know if my mind is ready yet, you know? I need to be in the right mindset to play it. Yeah. Because that's how I felt when I went into the Yakuza 0 journey. I was like, all right, I, I want to try this out. And if that was like a two- or three-month journey because I yes. did so much in that game. So... Like, I don't know if I'm ready for the next the next long journey like that. I don't know. It's it's daunting, but I know I'm going to do it eventually, you know? Yes. Oh, my God. Uh, Jeremy. Yeah. Um, Did I ever tell you? Because you just mentioned Yakuza. Um, did I tell you that I, I finished Yakuza 3? I feel like I never formally told you that I finished Yakuza 3 yet. Oh, this is my first time hearing it. Yes. Oh, wow. Congrats. That's awesome. I, I, I finished it a while ago. Oh, we can totally have an episode about it. Yeah. Honestly, um, I Yakuza 3 is such a cute game. Like, it's so weird, but I, I think it's, like, the cutest one of all of them. 
<laughs> I, yeah, the story that that one story in the beginning was adorable, and yeah. I I really like the characters in Yakuza Three and the setting. I'm all about the tropical oh. vibes. Oh my god, the Okinawa vibes! I I I really I really enjoyed enjoyed it a lot. It it was one of those things where it's one of the, in my opinion, it's one of the lighter Yakuza games. But I was here for it. It was so adorable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, like especially that small family in Okinawa, they're like yeah. they're so legit. Okay, we're totally gonna talk about it, but yes, yeah. I finished that game. <laughs> okay, yeah, we we need to have we need to have a discussion on that for sure. Yes. Um. Uh, and I also want to mention that uh, there was a rare Super Mario's cartridge that sold Super Mario Bros. cartridge for the NES that sold for $660,000, which is the highest price for any video game sold ever. Um, yep. The reasons why it sold very high were, one, it um, it was still sealed in its original packaging, and two, it was graded by um, this company called Wata, which apparently they're like they're similar to yes. card rating companies where they rate uh they rate um they rate games that are like either still sealed in the box or you know a loose cartridge or CD or something um and you know the higher the rating obviously the more um expensive it'll be and this game in particular got a 9.6 out of 10 with 10 being the highest so i mean that's pretty high as far as uh video game ratings go and the third thing is that it's um it doesn't have the Nintendo. Uh, it doesn't have. Sorry, it doesn't have not not Nintendo. It doesn't have a trademark symbol like you know the TM logo. Mm-hmm. So it's part of a limited run that was extremely low print, which is why it sold for high. So those are the three reasons. Um, uh, and it's pretty cool. I mean, it's cool to see something like this be sold for a lot of money. Something that's really old, because you know you never know. What might you might be holding? There's a lot of people that are still holding on to like their GameCube stuff that's still sealed, and that stuff's going up in value. You know, like N64 yes. stuff is already getting up there. Um, GameCube stuff is slowly going in that direction, and eventually, Wii and Wii U stuff will become more expensive once you know uh, uh, maybe twenty or thirty more years hit. So, yeah, it goes to show you that there's still people that want to pay a lot of money for these video games, and just having it as a collector's item is. A big flex. I wonder, um, the person who ended up buying it, um, kind of like what their situation is in terms of, like, is this just going to be on display for them, or if down the line they're going to try to resell it once more, or if they're actually going to open it up and play it. Right? Like imagine that. Like if yeah. I was that rich and I and I bought that game, I would like low key, I would kind of want to be like just open it in front of everybody. Like once I buy it, I'll break open the case, like pull my <laughs> knife out and then like open the seal and everyone's like <gasps> and I'll be like, "What? This is meant to be played. What's your deal?" I know. <laughs> it's like, a game. I do what not... I want. <laughs> exactly. I'm rich. You're not. Let me do what I want. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds like it's such a dick move, but like I don't know. In my opinion, you should Is be it really able to a play dick move games. if you own it. You know what I mean? Oh if yeah, you, that's true. If if you if you bought it yourself, that's not a dick move to open something up, even if it might be collector. You own it, right? You know, like, you're, abs- that, you're right. You're right. That's your thing. Yeah, you, you could do whatever you want with you it. You can do whatever you want with it. 
Especially like, if you're playing it. It's not like you're opening it up and throwing away. If you're if you're opening it up and playing the game, then it's like you're actually using the product. A good example of this would be like Dead Mouse when he bought the Ferrari and put the Yankhead like wrap all over it and drove it around and that's like his main primary car. Like that's yes. a good example of not letting something sit in the garage and doing whatever you want with it because you own it. Exactly. But then I think Ferrari came out and they're like, "Yo, can you not do that?" And he's like, "Uh, can you fuck off?" <laughs> Look, he can do whatever he wants with his Ferrari. Right, right. And I think, I think Ferrari, it's a Ferrari. It is, oh. yeah, it, it is a Ferrari. And I think okay. Ferrari was like, we're going to strip you of, of whatever. And he's like, do it. I don't fucking care. Yeah. <laughs> you can't take my car away from me. <laughs> yeah. Also, Nancat is adorable. So yeah. who cares? <laughs> be loud. You know, be different. Exactly. Uh, that's all the news topics I have for today. Um, I think the only news topic that kind of like came to mind is that um playstation 5 is the official console for the upcoming 2k games wow they they secured that deal i think so uh when i I was looking into it so i mean most likely what that means is it's going to be exclusive to playstation 5 until like maybe like two years or you know whenever and then it's like free to everyone but yeah it's like the partnership is in i wonder how i haven't been looking at the numbers uh, mainly because one i don't own any of the consoles that are from this generation and two um i just haven't really had the time to look into it but i wonder how the sales of ps5 versus xbox series x are doing because Mm. um I want to know because, you know, last gen- generation, Sony clearly won. And, but yes. before that, Xbox won. So I'm just curious to see what's going on this generation. Yeah. Would you happen and to know? I don't know yet. But um, with it was also a, a weird year because of the pandemic, because they were limited not only in manufacturing, but um, there's many people who would normally buy it on opening that like they had to save their money because, of course, pandemic. So right, I feel right. like this year is going to be a good indicator year, better than 2020, of how the consoles are doing. So by December of 2021. Yeah. Yeah. But we should look into that at the end of the year, how yeah. they did. I think you're right. I think it, it would be better to to see all the numbers at the end instead of at the beginning. Yes. Um. Did you want to mention that other thing? Since it's pretty much news too. Oh, you're, are we talk? Oh, we're talking about. Um, got it. So yeah. uh, we have one question on Discord today, which relates also to news. But last week, I think, or a week and a half ago, uh, Sony Entertainment bought Evo, the fighting, the fighting game it's a tournament tournament yeah i was about to say how you would describe that but they bought the (laughs) they bought the fighting game tournament and so now they have a partnership and they already announced this year that evo is going to be a um is virtual Mm -hmm. so that is so that's happening and then so the question of this week is since sony entertainment bought evo do you think other party fighting games like smash will pull out so and this question is from pj sucks 
Mm-hmm. So, um, for for anyone who doesn't know what Evo is, so it's a fighting game tournament. It stands for I, Jeremy. It stands for like Evolution. Oh, God, I just know that Evo stands for Evolution, but I forgot what the other, you know, acro- part of the acronym is. Uh, evolution voluntary. I don't know. Yeah, I just <laughs> I can't. But think yeah, of it. I can't think of it either. But yeah, but. Currently, for the dock of 2021, um, t- it's going to be Tekken 7, Street Fighter V Champion Edition, Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate, and then Guilty Gear Strive. So these are all four games that you can play on PlayStation. Yeah. And um, that being said, Nintendo and Smash have been in EVO for a while. Mm-hmm. So, and... There have been quite a few things where Nintendo and Sony have worked out deals with each other, and it would be weird if weird but not surprising if Sony was suddenly super stingy about Nintendo being in their tournament. But you know, Nintendo not not Nintendo. Sony can be like that sometimes. But mm-hmm. that being said, what I think is it wouldn't necessarily be like Sony suddenly decides that Nintendo can't be in Evo anymore. I feel like at this point, Nintendo can kind of make its own fighting tournament with their games. Or like or or like not necessarily like a huge like a huge tournament, but I feel like they could make an event specifically about Smash and the world would not end for So for that's both the sides. thing though. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing though. Like you think that they would capitalize on that, but they don't care. They don't care about Smash. They don't care about tournaments anymore. Like they used yeah. to have small ones, but that's the whole thing that people are clamoring about too is like we want to play Smash. We want to have a tournament to Smash. And the only time Nintendo ever recognized that was an Evo when they finally allowed Smash or yeah, Smash Melee to be there. And then, you know, the whole thing happened last year with all the, the Smash players coming out is like whatever. Uh, and, you know, Nintendo pulled out of everything. And it's just like, shit, what the heck? Um, however, you know, uh, Smash Bros. Ultimate was at Evo last or uh, Evo Japan last year. Um, yes. So I don't know if it, they'll have it in the U.S. side this year. But, I mean, it is a possibility. Um, I think that... Nintendo might still have a presence there. Like, of course, this this series is going to be more Sony centric. Um, mm-hmm. Can you confirm that they did have it last year? Super Smash, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate was one of the main attractions last year, but this year it remains to be seen if that will actually happen or if that will still happen because it is it it is you know more Sony centric focus this year, and you know while that might be a turnoff for some people. I still think that it will still be a fun tournament, you know, like things will have to evolve and change. And um, I think that it could be a good thing for, for Sony buying it. Like it means that now there's a lot more support financially for the series to continue on. I'm not sure about the, the whole behind the scenes thing with Evo. I, I actually don't know any details about it. Um, but I, I think it'll I think it has a better chance of moving on, you know. And I think there there should be some public 
some public opinion on what games should be selected. And I think people just need to clamor on and just keep saying that um, Smash needs to be included because it's all about the fans. You know, the fans have a lot of the driving force behind what is showcased there. And I know Sony might have their own opinions, but they should still try to listen to fans as much as possible and work something out with Nintendo because then that would be a win-win for everybody. Yeah, I don't think Sony will push Nintendo out. I don't I haven't really heard exactly. of like a Sony Nintendo like rivalry like to the, to like a, a, a like a really bad extent, you know. Um I think that Sony and Nintendo respect each other enough that um, Yes. Sony would leave them alone, but again, I think you're right. If it would if Smash were to leave, it would be Sony's doing. Oh, no, I'm sorry, it would be Nintendo's uh doing on their own volition. They might scapegoat Sony, but deep down inside, it would actually be a Nintendo decision. Yeah, and people might think like, "Oh, Sony pushed them out because the, some announcement might, might some announcement might come out and with Nintendo or or you know Sony or the Evo Twitter saying, um, unfortunately, we have decided to not move forward with having Super Smash Brothers Ultimate at this year's Evo 2021." And people might be like, "Oh, Sony did it." You know, that's the easy target to blame, but. People don't think about Nintendo actually saying, ah, we're going to pull out now, you know? Yes. So, yeah, that that's my opinion. Um, I, I think I think that... I think that Smash should still be there because there's still a huge audience for Smash, and this is the only professional tournament for Smash that, a lot, like, people from around the world, I think, value a lot more. Um, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there's a lot of other tournaments of Smash that I'm not aware about, but because I don't know those tournaments and I only know about Evo, that says a lot for like the average gamer, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay, I just Googled something real quick. So Nintendo responded to Sony Entertainment buying Evo and what... And what they said was, we will continue to assess Evo and other opportunities as we plan for future online and offline Super Smash Bros. tournament activity. Okay. Okay. That's cool. Yes. Um, there's one final thing, if you wanted to mention it, Elisa, before we do the housekeeping stuff. Oh, God. What am I missing here? <laughs> didn't didn't you want to mention about like April eighteenth through May? Is that something you want to talk about? Oh, oh yeah. my gosh! Okay, yes, I will mention it. I didn't realize you were referring to that. I was I, I was actually <laughs> referring it to it earlier because I thought you were going to talk about it, but then you mentioned the question, and I was like, that works actually. That is news. <laughs> <laughs> but this is also news. This is also yes. important news. This is this is news. Um, I am not going to be. Formally on the podcast uh, between April 18th until the end of May. So I'm going to be gone for six weeks and it's going to be work related why I'm going to be out. So Jer- so like the next couple weeks, it- we're still going to be on the podcast and we'll be shooting some spoiler casts to pad some things out. But especially in May, I'm not going to be on the podcast again. And then hopefully I'll be back sometime in mid-June. In case, uh, because just to buffer if anything gets extended. But yeah, I'm going to be out for a while, April 18th to hopefully just May 31st because of work. And Jeremy will be holding the, holding the fort. 
Yeah, I got some guests in mind that I can yes. think of. Maybe uh, my brother, maybe Jairus again, maybe DJB. Maybe you guys will see what's up. You know, this is probably um, not this is probably not the appropriate podcast to talk about it. So I will ask you about it later. But sure, if if Jairus is listening, I hope that you're doing well because I haven't talked to you in a while. Oh, <laughs> so. I. I I talked to him recently. Um, oh shoot! Once yeah, this I hope, pod- yeah, I hope he's you're doing, doing well. well. <laughs> I I will. I'll tell you what happened with him. Um, uh, after we stop recording on this podcast. Okay, I think, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll update you real quick. Okay. Um, because I I I, I Jairus is awesome. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's awesome. He's great. He's great to yes. work with, and he's a cool guy. I'm glad. I'm glad you think so, because he's he's really fun. Yes. Um, so, you know, Elisa said all that, but, you know, in reality, though, there's, there's a lot of beef between us and we really hate each other. So just, uh, always, so always, <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding guys. Come on. I'm kidding. <laughs> a lot of beef, especially ribeye. So, so much beef. Yeah. Oh man. Broccoli beef. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but yeah, no, that, that's, that's real. Elisa will be, will be out for a little bit and I'll be, I'll be the entertainer for the time being so yes it's exciting i'm excited for elisa what she's going to be doing for work and um uh, hopefully in a year's time she'll be able to disclose what what she was doing probably the... in two years but yeah we'll see oh what okay hey they, 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 that's a clue guys i don't know maybe don't it's know. a hint so, yeah <laughs> yeah so um that's awesome that's yes. awesome lisa excited yes. for you Honestly, uh, for anyone who listens to the podcast, if I'm not on the podcast, it's just because I'm busy so, yeah. with work. You heard so. it here first, all right? Yeah. There is no beef. <laughs> There's no beef. No broccoli The only beef. beef we have is filet mignon. So. Exactly. There's there's no beef between us. She's just busy. And I, I'm pretty sure you guys have seen updates from me on the Discord saying, hey, guys, you know, like... Um, uh, no podcast this week because of this reason or or if i fail to communicate that i'm sorry but it's just because our schedules are getting busier and it's it's weird because they've gotten busier as we went into this pandemic which i think is ridiculous yeah but how did that at the happen same time, <laughs> yeah i know right it's it's also a good thing to be busy right yeah um, and um i will say this like we we started this podcast based on our our desire to talk about video games, our desire to talk about Yakuza Zero, but also because we were just both frustrated with our jobs and that kind of fueled our passion for this podcast. And not to say that the passion has died out because it certainly hasn't, but you know, because we don't work together anymore. Yes, we don't have the same job anymore, so we don't have exactly. the same schedule anymore. Exactly, exactly. So it's a lot tougher, but we still we're still doing it. This is 160. Like we're still doing these episodes and it's, I know. it's a lot of fun still. And this yes. is a time for us to catch up with each other because we're still friends, so we still talk, obviously. But this is like the best time for us to talk about what we're doing. Yes, exactly. Um, also, yeah, so, yeah. Once yeah. again, I just have to reiterate this because there's like an influx of just like new fans, like on like on uh, YouTube as well as just um, people who listen through podcast platforms. And I just want to say welcome to listening to Downtime Podcast, and I hope you're having a good time. Yeah, welcome everybody. Welcome. Yeah. Um 
I, by the way, at least I talk very highly of you on on my Twitch stream, and I always, always, always redirect people. Oh my god, I gotta, f- like I gotta every, listen to a time. Twitch stream one day. No, you don't. You don't have to. You know, you don't have, It's not that. Good. Oh my it's god, not that good. it's not that good. It's not that good. <laughs> <laughs> but shout out to Chariot Goblin, who's been there like almost every stream since I started playing Yakuza Dead Souls. Thanks for hanging out, man. And he for can sure. he can also prove that like I've been shouting you out like every single podcast, Aww. every single stream, just being like, "Yo, Liz, check out Elisa. We talk about um like a lot of stuff like video games, movies, TV shows, and anytime I'm playing like Star Wars Battlefront, I always mention how you talked about." how you worked on it and i redirect people to episode 155 because that's where you talked about working on it so i remember i remember to do that oh my gosh <laughs> well thank you jeremy of course yeah the the twitch stream is is a big plug for me to talk about the podcast <laughs> that's, that's nice. all it is and i hope you're having a good time too yeah i am it's a lot of fun and I'm, i can't wait to keep playing yakuza dead souls on stream but very nice, anyways very nice if you guys would like to send us a comment or question Go to www.downtime.live, um, click on the contact form, fill out the form. It'll send an email directly to our uh, account where we can um, talk about your question or comment on the podcast. If you want to send us an email the old-fashioned way, go to contact at downtime.live. Again, that's contact at downtime.live to send us a comment or question that way. You can leave a comment or question wherever this podcast is hosted that allows comments. So um, YouTube, um, Podbean, um, and uh, leave us a comment or question there. We'll read it on the podcast. You can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, and we will read that one on the podcast. Um, We're now on Spotify and Google Podcasts, which is pretty big, I got to say, because those are Spotify, of course, is the most widely used music platform and also at this point podcasting platform so please check us out there um if you want to join our discord you can go to wherever this podcast is hosted that allows links to be clickable it'll always be in the description of the uh the the podcast um as well as our twitter which is downtime live that's at downtime live on twitter um, a lot of updates um, about what's going to happen next with um, sh- like upcoming episodes or like um, different guests. You can always find that information on our Discord server. Um, prioritizing Discord over other social media platforms like Twitter just because it's a lot easier to have everything yeah. consolidated into one space. And a lot of the users that listen to the podcast are also on our Discord server. So yes. I encourage you guys to come join. You can. I'm always active there. Alisa, um, she is active as well, but only on the weekends because of her busy work schedule. So if you guys need anything immediately, you can always tag either of us but it will most likely be myself that will be responding to any issues or questions or comments or concerns you guys have about our podcast in our discord server so again please come through with the discord server we talk about everything from video games to movies tv shows news like random stuff just memes anything you guys want um we we host it in our discord server thinking about doing some like uh uh some game nights maybe maybe while at least is out next month um We'll we'll do some some game stuff, uh, you know, just to in lieu of a podcast, I would say, just to keep some time going. So, um, join our Discord server if you want to know more about that. But that's all I got, everyone. Hopefully, hopefully you got, you're all having a good weekend, a good day. If you're listening to this, okay. So if you're listening to the podcast right now and you don't want to talk about or listen to like the Falcon Winter Soldier spoilers, you're welcome to leave now. Thank you for listening to the podcast up to this point. But um, 
in about a few seconds, we're going to talk about spoilers spoilers for the first spoilers. few episodes of The Falcon and Winter Soldier right about now. Leave. Go. Run. Fly. Bye. This show is fantastic. Fucking amazing. Holy shit. Fucking amazing. I watched WandaVision and, okay, and I, I, what I will say is it's very unfair to actually compare WandaVision and Falcon because they're two different types of genres of TV shows. Completely. One of them's a, a sitcom. Uh, like a sitcom action drama and then this one is just kind of like purely like drama action so wow yeah yeah so i i I, so first off i just want to say that like these two are like made like complete even though they're under the marvel umbrella different stories as well as different directors and different writers that being said this is more of my show i think um I loved WandaVision, but I think this is definitely more of my thing. And as a person where who Captain America is actually my my favorite of the original Avengers and and the movies and the movie trilogy that stemmed off of that, I enjoy the side characters of of Sam and Bucky getting fleshed out storylines. And this is a fantastic TV show. <laughs> Yeah, I I love it. Like it's great. <laughs> I I I cannot stop like talking about how fantastic the show's themes are and how much they pertain to everything that's going on. Because, oh my god, the the last episode where Bucky and Sam got stopped on the street by the police officers that was too real, and I was telling my brother like it made me feel so uncomfortable. But that was the point, right? It was to make you be like. What the hell? Like he's the Falcon. He shouldn't be like being stopped like that. And that's what happened. They're, the police officers were like, "Oh, like oh, like the one guy whispered to the other, like, oh, he's the Falcon or something." And then he's like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry." But like, I told my brother, I was like, "What if he wasn't the Falcon? This would be a totally different situation." Which was definitely you know? exactly the point they oh were trying god. to make. Yeah, I was like, "Dude, this is this is fucked up." But I know. Wow. It uh, was, that whole. Oh. That whole episode dropped a lot of bombs, and I had to I had to look up some things be- just because I didn't read the comics, of course. Um, but so first, first off, episode one bomb that like like blew my mind, of course, is you find out with um, you find out with Bucky that the- he killed his neighbor's son. <laughs> yeah, and that was already. That that was already like a hard pill to swallow. But then I remember watching it and, you know, they were at the sushi restaurant and straight up Bucky like was about to go on a go out on a date with the bartender. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. They got like a, they got an Asian <laughs> like, you know, woman as kind of like the as, as the love interest, which that never happens in life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I remember just call like I remember like calling that out because like oh that's that's actually pretty cool uh and then you know the neighbor's like no like this guy's like a good guy to go out on a date with and vice versa and uh that that so that was pretty cool and what i also really liked about episode one is they they just decided that like 
um, Sam's from Louisiana, and it's just a different environment. It's not Washington D.C. It's not New York. It's not San Francisco. All and like all of these places that Marvel normally takes place, especially New York right. and the and the and the Northeast. They they were just like, nope, he is from Louisiana, and I I liked setting up that background for him. Which is awesome because Anthony Mackie, the actor that plays Sam, is from Louisiana, so he just went home to to, to shoot. The, I didn't the know show. he was actually from Louisiana. Yeah, yeah. That, it, I was like, dude, that's awesome. That is oh, so okay. cool. That's yeah. pretty cool. I didn't know. Yeah, that. yeah. Check out his episode of Hot Ones where he talks to Sean Evans and he talks about Louisiana and they ask all these questions about it. Um, and he talks about the food and he talks about growing up there a little bit. So I thought that was really funny how, um. Like they made his character from Louisiana, and he yes. actually is from Louisiana. The actor himself, and I was like, okay. "You're just going home to do <laughs> to do a shoot like that is that's awesome." Okay, I will definitely check it out. Yeah. Also, I love Hot Ones, so oh yeah, I oh me too, me too. One of the one of the best YouTube shows of all time. Yes, like, it is. It really is. Yeah. So episode two, um, the whole thing with so okay, let's start from episode one. We could go, like, quickly through each episode, right? Okay, like for sure. Yeah. Okay, those are all my just... Those were all of my quick thoughts about episode one. What are yours? Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I thought it was really good because it sets up the premise where, you know, Sam doesn't want to take up the mantle. Even though yes. it was handed... Literally handed to him, he just feels like he's not good enough because he cannot live up to Cap's um, legacy. And, you know, people expect a lot from the new, quote-unquote, Captain America. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I don't know. I thought it was really cool to humanize Sam because we never got to see a lot of Sam or Bucky in that regard mm-hmm. um, as as more than just the wings slash the arm of, you know, their characters because we only know them by their relationships to the main, main characters. Not, not trying to downplay Sam or Bucky's involvement in the movies, but like yes. they're just supporting actors, you know, but now they're the main stars and that's awesome because we get to see them all fleshed out. I mean, the same thing can be said about WandaVision where Wanda and Vision were more supporting characters, if anything. Um, and uh, that show definitely fleshed out who they are as characters so i'm really happy to to finally see sam and bucky have a spotlight where they can shine and they can they can flesh out like their characters more um and see who they are with like you know sam struggling struggling to realize his identity a little bit um but also struggling with the fact that he is an african-american male um living in this world of superheroes and he you know he, he in his opinion i think that he, he he doesn't want to be seen as captain america because he doesn't know how people will take to you know a, a black man as captain america but i think that's fucking awesome that he can he can take up that mantle when he eventually does because i think he will be captain america let's be honest oh uh, um, i think it's I, I think the avengers implies that it is it's just now this is the journey to it yeah exactly exactly yeah. um and then on the bucky side I thought it was really cool to see him, you know, kind of um, redeeming trying himself to, in a yeah, way. Yeah, trying to be at peace with his old, with his self and his, what he did in the past. Right, and it, it hit home even more so um, when he when he apparently killed that kid. Yep, that you find out, kid. and you find out that the kid is his neighbor's kid, who like he's been friends with like this whole time. 
right? And I was like, okay, why is he hanging out with this old man? I thought at first it was because, you know, they're both, they're technically both old men, right? And yes, it's very true. <laughs> and I was like, okay, he, they could probably relate to each other more because they grew up in the same era. So they know, yes. the, they know the same things. And there's a lot of references in the, throughout the show of Bucky, you know, still having that 40s mentality, you know, and, and <laughs> enjoying things from that era. But um, going back to your point about the kind of quote unquote love interest, like, I like that she was Asian and that she wasn't like your stereotypical Hollywood Asian um, female, you know, Um, she wasn't submissive. She was very funny and and outgoing and um, talkative. And I thought that was really cool. And I wanted to see more of her. I'm like, where'd you go? Like, I feel like I, I feel like we're going to see more because we have to also see more of I think the I think the guy's name's Nakajima the neighbor so something like that i feel like we have to see we're gonna see more because they have to revisit that plot at some point like i know that we're now in zemo but that but we have but a lot can't believe there's only six episodes sorry oh man i know i know i'm so disappointed how are they gonna wrap this up but we're halfway through yeah we're halfway through (laughs) i feel like it's almost over like what the yeah it it is almost though it really is almost over so it's so sad like i want to keep i wanted to keep going because it's it's such a good show yeah oh boy anyways um but what i love one thing i want to mention about sam being african-american and becoming um captain america is i love the nuance of it that sam decides you know what no i'm like not like you know i'm not ready for this which you know he might he he wasn't ready for it at that time and it's totally it's totally val it's totally valid like especially when Rhodes is just like come on this is you and he's like no I didn't you know I just I just like I don't feel it yet which he didn't yeah and it's fine but what I love uh, in terms of just addressing the whole race question is that when they decided to just randomly get someone they got like basically someone who like who is white looks ex- basically exactly lo- like the type of person that like Steve Rogers was just a per uh, except aside from the fact that he has accolades because Steve mm-hmm. Rogers um notably was not as good as a soldier compared to Bucky but um but I just love that in the government and in Marvel's mind or not Marvel's mind but whatever um sword or shield when they're like oh we need a new captain america because sam rejected it we're just gonna get another white boy again yeah 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 and then and then on top of that what i'm what i'm really liking about john walker is that he's actually what i like is he's not really a bad guy (laughs) he like like he was he's just a person who just got hired for it and he's also feeling it too. He like he's also feeling the pressure, um, especially like you know he failed the train stop in episode two, mm-hmm. and he he's just as nervous as he is. But it's just like the nuance in the way that he talks basically kind of shows like he like he worked hard for it and deserved it. Where, yeah. like, coming from a place of privilege. And so I, I just like how there's nothing, like, morally wrong with John Walker yet. I mean, my guess is he's going to do something in episode four and five, just because that's, like, a predictable Marvel thing to do. But I, yeah. li- but I like how, 
there's just a gray area with him where he's there's really nothing wrong with him aside from the fact that he is a little bit arrogant and he's privileged yeah i i I agree with you um so about john walker i especially the second episode i think that I predict that in the future he is going to do something. He's probably going to think that he's not good enough to be Captain America. And the only way he can do as well as Captain America is to take the same serum that he did. That's so what probably, I'm. Th- that's exactly yeah. what I'm thinking too. Yep. And then he's going to become a Captain America copy in a way where he has the exact same powers, right? Because right now he's just a regular soldier. Like if any, yep. old, any old soldier from our world picked up the Captain America's shield and just started throwing it around, like that's pretty yeah. much what he is. Um, yes. So I predict he's going to go in that direction because right now, you know, it seems like he's doing everything well, but he's frustrated that he can't do more. You know, he can't yes, be exactly. Captain America. He can't be Steve Rogers. He is yeah. Captain America, but he's not Steve Rogers. Exactly. Um, the other thing too about John Walker is that, um, if you remember the first Captain America movie, when I I'm not I can't remember his name, but the scientist that helps Steve become a super soldier, like you know, with the serum and all, um, that scientist said that he's not looking for a good soldier to be Captain America. He's looking for a good man, and I think that's where John Walker is gonna fail because John Walker is the perfect soldier, right? Like he, he, they talked about how he's he's amazing. Like he yeah. he's all these awards and he he's so skilled and it showed him like throwing the shield perfectly. He's a perfect soldier. He's a good soldier. But I don't think he's a good man. And I think it'll show in the few episodes where, going back to my prediction, he's going to take the serum. And, you know, he'll do it because he wants to be a good soldier, not a good man. Mm-hmm. I, I that, agree yeah. that we're going we're gonna to definitely see all of that coming through. Yes. Yeah. It's going to be interesting, to say the least. Now, um... What I'm hoping doesn't happen because I because I think I think the whole premise of the show is the experimentation of the serum. I would love for Sam to not take the serum. Oh no, I don't want him to. Either. I, I think, really yeah. hope they. I I hope he doesn't because I hope that he decides he wants to be Captain America, and um, but it's from his heart that he wants to be Captain America, which drives him to be successful, but doesn't necessarily need the serum to do it. I think I we just need one, at least one person that doesn't take it. So <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I don't want Sam to, to take it because I, th- I think Sam is a good man. I don't mm-hmm. think Sam is going to be the perfect soldier. He's just going to be a good man because Steve wasn't the perfect soldier either. Steve failed a, a few times. Even in, uh, in uh, Avengers Infinity War, he failed. He really mm-hmm. failed, and that doesn't make him the perfect soldier, which is fine because he still was a good man after the fact, where he helped the whole world rebuild. So, yeah, it just goes to show that um, I think Sam is worthy to take the mantle of Captain America. Yes. And um, one lighthearted note um, I want to mention is in episode two when they're in the truck together, um, and... <laughs> Was Hoskins is like I'm Battlestar, and Bucky's like stop the car. He <laughs> just he just can't deal with that. <laughs> the, the name it was so funny. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> <laughs> so good. There, there's was... some there's some really funny moments in this show. Yeah, 
Yeah, it just the timing's right on it. Yeah, exactly. Like the whole conversation with the big three, and then they talk about Gandalf, and it's because you know <laughs> Bucky's old. <laughs> I know. Uh, that was hilarious. Oh, and then what I really liked was uh, especially just introducing kind of a lot of these plot points in history is that they're talking about the old guy, Isaiah, who was Bucky's friend back right. in back in uh, World War Two, And he was, you see, was he one of the first people experimented on or he is the first person experimented on? I no. I. I I didn't exactly catch which one. I I don't know myself. And I think that if you, I guess if I looked more into it and I guess comic fans would know better, but I do know that he, there's a lot of characters in that show that could be Captain America. Yes. So, so like Isaiah, for example, Bucky, Sam, um, uh, John Walker, obviously. And uh, Morgan Thau, she's also supposed to be Captain America in the comics. Isaiah, Isaiah's son, Elijah is also Captain America. Um, in the comics and uh there's one other person sharon sharon carter uh is also captain america in the comics so there's Do all we... these characters that are supposed to be captain america but yeah. i think I'll, eventually it'll definitely fall to sam and i think that it's a necessary direction but yes. going back to your question um i'm not sure if he was the first but i do know that it did imply that he was one of the first so mm -hmm. i assume yes you're right I love that they introduced that and and just kind of this idea that um just that just this idea that you know Captain America as is known to to people throughout the world uh is just this male white guy but the person one of the first people to have the powers was a black guy and yes. just and just kind of like adding more to this, adding more fuel to the fire of just um, the, like taking from history, like the Tuskegee um, Man. experiments and things like that, where, yeah. you know, people um, who were black were experimented on be like before they were given to to white people. Um, but also just this idea that like this guy could have been the very first captain america way back and he was that powerful to do so and maybe right, this right. sam is the person who can pick up the mantle next like it's just there's a lot of there's a lot of like symbolism that goes in all kinds of directions with this show that i really appreciate mhm mm mm -hmm, this is this is a deep show <laughs> It is. It really is. And it's is. only six episodes. <laughs> what yeah, the heck? <laughs> it needs to be longer. It's a crime that it's not longer. At least eight. I think eight. Man, I can't believe it. But that yeah. being said, I'm. it's fantastic so far. Oh, I love it. I mean, I, I really liked WandaVision. But like this show, it just it touches on so many different things. Yes. You know. Um, and, and WandaVision really is a different. It, it's just a different genre of show, too. Um, yeah. On yeah. top of that, the basis of WandaVision is to give background to Wanda, whereas right. this show, so it's like that that show was more giving background to a character. This show is giving background to a character, but but also setting them up for the future of 
I guess, like, setting up, setting them up for the future of, like, the universe. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That, that being said, WandaVision does set up Scarlet Witch for the future. But, I mean, she's in a fucking cabin right now. So, I don't know what she's up to. <laughs> so. It, it's some, I, yeah, we'll see. She's supposed yeah. to be in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So, some yeah. shit's going to go down. Exactly. Oh, yeah. and then um, Zemo, the like, we all know that Zemo's gonna betray them in the end. But I am enjoy, but I I do think it's interesting that like he's actually been somewhat helpful at the beginning. Yeah, and and I like Daniel Bruhl as an actor. I, mm-hmm. I think he's really cool, and he was extremely enthusiastic to come back and play Zemo, which yes. I thought was awesome and hilarious. Because he's just like, "Yo, I want to be part of this Marvel world again." It's like, I know. "Hell yeah, dude, come through, come through!" And he's he's a pretty cool character, I gotta say. But I do have the lingering feeling that he's gonna turn. Oh, and, he's totally like, gonna turn. Uh, yeah. They should expect it. By the way, come on, y'all, y'all are superheroes. You know how this works. Yeah, he's a villain. Like <laughs> he's a villain. He, he's gonna betray villain. you. Yeah, so. some shit's gonna happen. He's gonna either take the serum for himself, or he's gonna turn exactly. on everybody, or so- something. It's gonna happen. Exactly. Typical Marvel but, fashion. But the ending with Wakanda, and when you find the warrior who is also trying to find Zemo, I was like, ooh, <laughs> like this is getting super spicy, and I'm here for it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, one one other thing I want to mention. Uh, the last thing I want to mention is that uh, remember uh, remember how in Wandavision they kind of touch on um, uh, people coming back after the snap. Yes. <gasps> yes. That, yes. So yes. <laughs> th- I like how that is a recurring theme in this show too, where they they mentioned that you know all the billions of people just come back out of nowhere, and now they're trying to figure out how to deal with that because. Realistically, what would the world do if that literally, like, actually happened? Like, what would they do? And it's interesting how they set up, like, an international committee to deal with it, how they um, talk about, you know, how it's affecting people's lives. Like, what do you do when you come back after all this and your house is gone or your family's all dead? Like, that's those are questions that, you know, people don't really think about because I love it. Yeah, it's so cool. Like, there's so much world building, and I, I yeah. really, really like that. I love the idea of refugees and the group that want life before the blip because it's just like the world didn't think about them after the blip happened. It's just like there's all of these, like, different... It's like you think about, like, the world was gone for five years and, like, oh, God, the world was gone for five years. Like, dang. But then... In, like, addressing it after, you realize, wait, Peter Parker's, like, half of Peter Parker's friends are, like, gone and graduated. And yep. then and then WandaVision, you have uh, Rambo. Her mom dies, and now she's, like, the director of S.W.O.R.D. And then here, it's, like, now addressing, a, addr- addressing it in a much more social economic kind of way. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm loving it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, they're three different like ways of looking at it you know comedic, exactly you know um, personal and then now economic which is really really cool yes love it totally agree yeah 
But yeah, so we'll see what happens in the next three episodes. Hopefully some big shit because these episodes are like out an hour long, which is pretty cool. But okay. it's, I th- it's not enough. I don't think it's enough. First of all, they are not an hour long. They are 50 minutes plus 10 minutes of credits. <laughs> <sighs> You're right. I keep forgetting about that. I, I'm like, oh shit. Credits. Right. Right. I remember the first episode of WandaVision I ever saw. I was like, okay, so, you know, 45-minute show, whatever. Turns out it's like 35 minutes plus 10 minutes credits. I'm like, oh, this is shorter than I was expecting. And then you realize, wait, all of the credits are long for these TV shows. Yep. So we have less time, Jeremy. (laughs) I know. It it frustrates me. There's Uh, even less time. Let's go. Thanks, everyone, for listening to uh, podcast episode 160. See you guys next time. Peace. Peace.